Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guests, Lauren Sundick and Brooke Moss, otherwise known as the Skin Sisters. But before I do, I want to make sure that you've checked out the Dear Founder Valentine's Day gift guide. Not only are we sharing over 40 gifts that we love from female founded brands that we love even more, we're also giving away over $1,500 in prizes straight from the gift guide, including a virtual consult from today's guest, the Skin Sisters. Check out today's show notes for the link. I'm really excited for you to meet today's guests, Lauren Sundick and Brooke Moss. For years, mutual friends were telling each of us that we had to collaborate with one another in our respective businesses. Finally, we were able to sit down for a call in February of 2020. We had a ton of amazing ideas. And well, the world shortly thereafter was turned upside down. But that being said, we did end up working together. And the content we shared with each other's audiences in a virtual atmosphere was wildly successful for all of us. But even bigger picture, the pandemic helped to put Lauren and Brooke on on the map in a way that probably never would have happened prior to the pandemic. The Skin Sisters, Brooke Moss and Lauren Sundick, are both dermatology-trained physician assistants with over two decades of combined clinical experience, and they really are sisters in real life. They use their scientific expertise and clinical knowledge to help demystify the world of skincare on Instagram and local media in a really approachable way. I myself get almost every single product recommendation from them. I follow them religiously. And while we've never actually met in person, thanks to COVID, I feel like I've known them forever. Come on in and meet today's guests, Lauren Sundick and Brooke Moss, co-founders of The Skin Sisters. I have just been in awe of what you guys have done throughout this. I mean, you really, correct me if I'm wrong, but the pandemic really changed your business for the better. Would you say? Yes. So I would like for you to kind of take us through where, how you got to where you are today. Um, Give us some background. I mean, you guys are not just beauty bloggers. And I've said that before. I mean, you have the actual credentials and the expertise behind your names that make you two people that I listen to inherently when it comes to picking products for myself and for my kids for my health and beauty and well-being. So I would like for you guys to kind of walk us through how you got to where you are and where you are. Explain kind of what the Skin Sisters is. So the Skin Sisters, just to kind of start at the very beginning, Brooke and I are both uh, physician assistants specializing in dermatology. And we see patients for, you know, from babies to adulthood for medical and cosmetic dermatology. And we've been doing that for a combined 20 years now. We 
as, ex- as you would expect, we get a lot of questions. So people are asking us, I'm going to Target. I need sunscreen for my vacation tomorrow. Which one should I pick up? Or I need an eye cream. None of them work. Which one do you like? You know, and they're like texting us constantly, all these questions and asking us when we see them. So Brooke and I decided to kind of put all of our information in one place. It's not necessarily the information that you would schedule an appointment to come in and see us to talk about, but it's also not the information that you would find on any beauty blog. It's really rooted in science and in clinical knowledge, but it's kind of making our knowledge accessible to everyone. We always say it's the skin sisters because we're sisters, but it's also like the information that our third sister, Carly, receives. You know, she has the inside track to the real knowledge of what you should and shouldn't be doing for your skin. And the Skin Sisters on Instagram and in our website is really just a landing place for all of that information. So pandemic-wise, what year did we start Skin Sisters? 2017? 2016? I think a it was, few years yeah, back. <laughs> I think it was, honestly, I think it was summer of 2016. I think 2016. And then March of 2020 rolled around. Lauren and I had been job sharing clinically. Um, So we were like ships in the night. You know, I would cover Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Lauren would work Tuesday, Thursday, or, you know, any variety of that at two different practices. And the pandemic happened, the clinic closed, and it was kind of, you know, like, oh my gosh, we had to like totally change things. You know, Lauren has school age kids. So trying to navigate what that was going to be. Um, I was newly pregnant and had a one-year-old and figuring out like, what is safe? Can I go outside of my home? Um, But we weren't working. We weren't seeing patients um, or doing any of that. And then, you know, that like for so many women, our our day-to-day working life just came to an abrupt halt. And we tried to find Wait, a way. So with that, I want to just ask yeah. you really quick. So with that, your income came to an abrupt halt, right? Because you see, get paid when you see patients, correct or no? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, I think it's really important to say that because, and to share that because all of a sudden you, like so many other women who were not salaried, were not getting paid. Right. So we, you know, certainly were not having our usual income from seeing patients, we were not having our out of the home. We, we also weren't doing speaking engagements, right. which had been a big form yeah. of our skin sisters income. A right. lot of events. Yeah. All of that, you know, in March and, and even in, into April of 2020, it was like, okay, let's wait and see what summer is. Let's, let's wait 60 days. Let's wait two weeks. Let's wait, you know, however long. And, you know, here we are, as we know, it's, everything's gotten pushed. So an abrupt change in our clinical work, an abrupt change in sort of community partnership work as we had been doing here in Minneapolis and the surrounding areas, you know, like Lauren mentioned with in-person events, which really gave us the ability to connect to so many women. And it was such a powerful tool for us and for them, very empowering to be able to understand that you don't need to make a medical appointment to get some really clinically sound guidance on what's healthy for your skin. So we adjusted to our new lives and started really growing the online and virtual connection portion of the Skin Sisters. We started doing virtual consultations 
where we meet with people either via FaceTime or Zoom, talking through their concerns. Um, and we really started changing our content. I was going to say, I think it's important to also mention that skincare knowledge, the thirst for skincare knowledge just took off during the pandemic. Right. So our community became a very engaged community. Why do, you, why do you think that is? Why do you think that all of a sudden people just wanted to know this information? Do you think it was because they were sitting at home staring at themselves in the mirror? And like, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like everyone had like a moment to breathe. Like, what do you think it was? I think it's multifactorial. When we look back, you know, at first it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I can't go into my germ provider. How am I going to get the same results that I'm seeing from what I get in a clinic at home? How can I? And I have, it sounds like we have two weeks at home. Right. What, what can I, I do? Because right. I could do a little downtime. How can I take advantage of this time when I'm not in in-person meetings? Just those two weeks at home. Just those, <laughs> you know, it'll just be a quick two weeks, gals. <laughs> so that was kind of one thing. Then when it became very clear that the world had changed on a more permanent basis and Zoom and all of that, then I really think it was like that kind of six months later where people were like, oh my gosh, not only am I stressed and sleep deprived and worried and all these other things that inherently age a person, but I have to look at myself all day, every day in these virtual platforms. Yeah, And so that became a focus. And then I think there was this like tertiary, like this, you know, third period where at least I noticed people who were reallocating their travel funds, yeah. their clothing funds, you know, money that would, they were saying, well, I'm not going on vacation, so I might as well do exactly. Or exactly. budgets, budgets changed both ways. Correct. Some people had this surplus and some people had tighter budgets. Right. For sure. And that's why they were like looking for smart decisions. Right. They needed guidance and continue to, for how to best use their resources. So I don't, when I look back like on the past year and a half, I kind of see those three like chunks. So we changed our content to try and meet that and what we offer. So how was it going from seeing people in person at events and like really having that connection to being virtual and having this like virtual community? And I mean, I did that in my own regard, in my own sense, like so I, I know like where you're sitting right now, but I don't know, like for me, I, I, I think that it can be very, it probably was very scary for you guys at first. And you can answer this, but for me, I felt like it opened my eyes to like a whole other audience that like, and all of a sudden I was able to connect with like so many more people. So I'd love to hear your perspective on how that change manifested for you guys. I think a really interesting part was that we were able to connect with people virtually, right? Our existence, both clinically and as the Skin Sisters on Instagram and online had been, um, you know, had been in person, right? Like we would put out content, but we were meeting people in person, connecting that way. And I know we were really surprised to find that we could make those connections online and by the time we ended up, say, meeting someone in the office later, like I actually felt like we knew them because yeah. there had been a back and forth. And, you know, they most importantly felt like, well, equally importantly, felt like they knew us. We were able to kind of get not only our information, but our personalities through 
by Instagram. Mm-hmm. How? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, and event-wise, we started doing so much more, exponentially more, virtual one-on-one that it almost like seamlessly took the place of that in a way and allowed us to reach, continues to allow us to reach more people just geographically. Um, So that has been really fun for us and interesting just to build more of a nationwide community, whereas pre-pandemic, we're very hyper-local. Totally. Minneapolis and and the suburbs. Do you guys feel that like Instagram kind of like became a container of trust and community for you that then you were able to translate that into virtual appointments and in turn revenue? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that back and forth on Instagram and how how community is so important and engagement is so important? Because something that I noticed about you guys during the pandemic was just one, how much more content you were putting out, obviously everyone was, but also how much more you were showing yourselves. And I think that like, you know, for me and just your every like average woman, you know, who, if you're going to, if I'm going to call you up and be like, let's have a consult, like I want to have that connection with you. I want, and I think that that probably helped your business a hundredfold. I think you're right. You know, it's that connection is so important because there's a lot of people putting content out. There are a lot of people, and there are a lot of people who have our educational and clinical background, right? We're not the only ones. We are, we think, one of the few people putting those two, you know, putting content out there, but with the scientific knowledge and doing it in a really personable way. So for us, that back and forth and that getting to know the patients or the the community mm-hmm really helped us build trust quite a bit. Um, I think that as we started to get deeper and deeper into the pandemic, we realized that there's a lot going on, right? It's not the old world where people are just picking up skincare at Target or at their you know, doctor's appointment or whatnot. Like a lot of people are home spending a lot of time thinking about this. A lot of people are also home with no time to think about this. You know, the, the world is changing and to show that our worlds are changing too. Like we're also home with kids. We're also having a tough time, but like, these are the things we're doing. Also look at us. We look <laughs> normal, right? Like at least we, we are normal so. people with normal problems, <laughs> but also I guess not, we don't look like we are filtered or, right. you know, over injected all sorts of stuff. Like we're, just like you, essentially. And and here's kind of a glimpse into that. I saw someone in clinic, it actually just like personifies what you just said. I'm sure like, you know, immediately postpartum and even now a year later, you know, like sometimes I get into bed and I reach to my bedside table for the Trader Joe's facial wipes and I wash my face and that's all I can do. And I put that on our Instagram and I had someone come in actually just in the past couple of weeks. And she was like, thank you so much. I honestly felt like kind of ashamed for doing that, but I do it too. Cause sometimes I just can't, sometimes I just don't want to get my face wet and wash my face. So thanks just for letting us know that, <laughs> that that's okay. So it was that like those kinds of connections, like you said, we started putting, you know, like at home, 
facial hair remover options, like things that people were, we're, out, we're going out for, right? Yeah. But, and also everyone was going out to do their, do all of that stuff. Right. And now they are all of a sudden stuck at home. So what is the option and what is the solution? Right. Okay. So I love that you said that because I just, I wholeheartedly believe that the strongest businesses like yours, that is a, you are a service provider really stem from the community and the trust that you build with the people online, especially now. And that's changed so much since the pandemic. But I think all too often, so many people expect to just like hop on Instagram and like not share anything and post some pictures and like they're going to get business. And that's just not how it works, right? Like, no, it's, it's a two-way street. I mean, Instagram really changed from a one-way content push to a two-way community where people are on Instagram truly to communicate. I mean, to to give information and to get information. And that's what builds the whole thing. Um, you know, and it, it's been really interesting to see that business evolve. And I'd love to, so I'd love to hear from you two things about pre-pandemic, post. Well, I, I don't even want to say post-pandemic because we are yeah. still in this like wholeheartedly, but just now living with the pandemic. But I would love to hear first, like how your business was in terms of like how many con- how many like consults did you have during a week compared to now? Like what is like the growth? And then I also want to hear from you guys about your revenue streams. Like how did that change pre-pandemic and now? I mean, you were saying you had speaking engagements and whatnot, but so like what is your ultimate, like what is your source of revenue right now? So we have kind of as clinicians, there there are kind of two separate businesses, right? So we do see patients in the office and the skin sisters, well, it's you know totally woven together, like that it's it's different. Um, so I guess just speaking to the skin sisters portion of it, before we were making revenue from, you know, and not much, frankly, mm-hmm. from like affiliate links, from speaking engagements, and we had not launched virtual consults previously. Well, wait, and I want to just interrupt you for a minute. We talked before the pandemic. I talked to you guys before the pandemic and we talked about, you guys said to me, like, how can we monetize this and what can I do? And like, we, I had like given you some ideas and I was like, why don't you guys do a blog and you can maybe do some affiliate. I mean, we had talked about all this stuff and you were like, ultimately we want to launch virtual consults. And we had talked about, pushing your content towards that on the bump club platform. And then look what happened. Right. Took It just took a world wide pandemic. <laughs> so now your revenue. Yeah. So now we do virtual consults. I did one already today. It's something that's happening consistently throughout the week. Um, it makes up a big part of our revenue. The other portion of our income that has grown is we're doing a lot more work with um, both local and national companies mm-hmm. as far as content creation, both content that you see us posting on our Instagram and content that we make for them to use, uh, which I find has been super fulfilling yeah. and really a fun part, you know, connecting with these people um, who are making like some of the products are products that, you know, and some of them are really small, mm-hmm. you know, companies like that have started during the pandemic. So that part has been really fun. I also love hearing you say that because also when we spoke, and I I mean, I remember this very vividly, I had said to you guys, well, you know, 
you guys could be like experts for brands. And, and we had this conversation and to hear the, and this is not surprising because of how great you guys are and how natural and authentic and trustworthy you guys are. It's not surprising now that you are doing that, but it's awesome. So congratulations, because I know that that's where you were looking to go even before all this shit happened. You know, I mean, it was like, you know, and I don't want to say like the pandemic's been good, but like in a way for you guys in your business, it, it, it has been. And that's okay. And I think that's awesome to recognize. It's a way to look at such a empty glass as half full. Yeah, 100%. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. So when you're working with brands, are they coming to you? Or are you going to them or both? And are, are are you, are they finding you guys like when you tag them in your editorial? Like how, like, why don't you guys walk us through that process? Because I think a lot of times people don't understand how that works. More often than not now, we are being approached by either the brand ver- via their brand ambassador, you know, or their social media person or um, by a PR firm who represents multiple brands and product lines. Um, And it'll either be, you know, hey, we're launching a specific product. We would love for you to try it. Let us know what you think, et cetera. Or, hey, we would love to partner with you to create some content that we would share and that you would share. And that brings in, um, you know, revenue from a monetary side of things, but also even more important than that is the relationship. You know, it it gives us ways to connect with people who are making decisions at, you know, a brand marketing and, and growth level um, so that we can continue to be positioned as experts. Um, sometimes we'll reach out to brands. Yeah. Also, you know, if we work, especially when the work comes through PR companies, we'll hear from them multiple times. Like they enjoyed working with us and then they're working. And they represent other brands. Exactly. That just speaks to the power of what you just said, which was the relationship, right? Like. Exactly. I mean, it's like relationships are key in any business. And I, and I think especially in this business. And I think that that too, just like, just as I was saying how it's important to, um, build this trustworthy community community on Instagram. It's just as important to build these trustworthy relationships with the brands and the and the people that you work with that represent them. It's so true. I mean, I think 
you know, and this is like extrapolating to lessons, like from, you know, our parents when we were 15, but you know, if you, if you represent yourself in a way on social media or in one part of your life, like you have to be your authentic self. Like you can't in this day and age or ever in our opinion, like show yourself on Instagram as friendly, kind-hearted, warm, you know, open to communication and collaboration, whatever that may mean. But then when push comes to shove and someone says, Hey, can I talk to you about something? Or do you want to collaborate? You're just like, Oh no, no, no. That's just for Instagram. Wait, you know, actually that like, brings up a good point. I'm going to be the older <laughs> sister and interrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to lose my train of thought. Yes, please go ahead. But, but actually my, her point is really true as far as what's happened over the last year is some of these collaborations have not benefited us and we've loved them. So like a company like Betty Green was mm-hmm. super fun to collaborate with. It's a cleansing stick for young girls. There's been another like local soap company. And you want to know what? We bought that. I bought that for my daughters because Does she you bought it. Yes. They, yes, she loves it. And then my younger one wants to use it now too. But I bought that stick because you guys showed it. I didn't know what to have her wash her face with. We were having an issue and she, she took it to camp and she still uses it. It's great. It's like tiny woman-owned company like yep. it's just a mom in california yeah, yeah. It's, a friend of a friend yeah it's, it's so fun stuff like that there's you know some cool local people we've connected with that the it's not about like the monetary income but it's just like so great to build up and put out you know to like the network. feel good effect yeah <laughs> they're just there is a value to doing something that feels good. That just, I want you guys to talk about this a little bit more because yeah. this is a theme that has come up in every interview that I have done in the last two weeks since I started interviewing people for Dear Founder. Um, and every single person has brought up the fact that they give back in some way. And usually it is and actually in thinking about it, it's not been monetary at all. Um, and I, like, I agree with you. I mean, I, I help people all the time. Like people will say to me, people will say to me, Hey, um, I, I, I don't think I can afford you, but like, I just have a couple of questions and I'm like, so give me a call, you know, like friends of friends, people I know. And I'm like, well, go take me for coffee. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm fine to talk to you. Like, you don't have to pay me to go to coffee. Like, I'm happy to help you in any way I can. And so to that point, like, and then when you see that person succeed, right. Or like get their business off the ground and you're like, oh my God, like, yes, you know, and it feels so good. Right. Like, yeah. So I want us to talk about that a little bit and how you have helped small businesses, not just the examples that you just gave, but like how that makes you feel. I think it's great because they're in skincare, especially, and I'm sure like fashion and every other world is like this, but this is our niche and there are the big companies, right? There's CeraVe, La Roche-Posay, Cetaphil, and we love those companies, but then there are these niche products like Brooke fell in love with this there. We got this. Pro, well, the soap, but I was going to yeah. say the probiotic serum. Oh yeah. Like Columbia skincare, which is not a huge company. And I was like, Oh Brooke, wow, you're using that. And she's like, not only am I using it, but can I have, yours? I have the one they like, sent to you too. Awesome. And it's, they didn't, they just sent it to us to try. There was no, you know, so we share that and the honesty of like being able to say we love something is kind of, is honestly, it's just great. Cause you know, other people will like it too. And it doesn't come from like any big marketing right. budget on that companies. And so many new skincare and body care, just like personal care products are being started frankly by women. And 
oftentimes they're mothers and it's like straight up a one woman show and they're doing everything, trying to wear all the hats because they really believe in something which we can completely identify with. So being able just to support that and thinking about how good it feels to us. Like Lindsay, after I got off the phone with you, you know, two years ago, I had been sitting in my car in the grab a green parking lot, (laughs) frantically taking notes. I'm like, okay, here are the ideas. And we've activated on them and they've been very successful for us because of you. Oh, no, no, it's because of you. Well, you gave us some direction, helped us like plant the seed. And so being able to do that in our own little way for some of these brands is extremely fulfilling. And then to think like you guys are going to have some of these brands that are going to eventually be snatched up and bought by bigger companies. And how amazing will that feel to you knowing that you elevated them on your platform? Incredible. Like more power to these women and anyone um, who believes in something and they create it and other people or businesses find value in that. And it turns into not only personal satisfaction, but, you know, a monetary boon it is extremely important. And thank you for saying that too, because like, I remember our conversation, like it was yesterday. I mean, really and truly like, and I have a, I have a crazy like photographic memory. People make fun of me all the time. And I remember things and I, and I do remember just as much as you do. And to see you guys succeed this way has been amazing to watch. I mean, it's like, I am cheering you guys on from the sidelines with every Instagram post. And like, even though I'm not in Minneapolis, like it doesn't matter. And I think like, I love how you've embraced this time and this environment that has been handed to us basically. And, and to your point has, you've created a full glass, not even a half full glass. Like this probably wouldn't have happened without the pandemic. It would have been very different. Like you probably would have continued doing speaking events. Of course. And, and you probably would have just been, you know, real cool and popular in Minneapolis. Right. I mean, and it's our, our pre COVID life, you know, was great. And there was no reason that we would have had to change it up. You know, it's like hard enough to work and be a mom and have a family and relationships and just like maybe a hobby if you're lucky, like, you know, so the pandemic, you know, again, in that glass half full way allowed us to explore a lot of different opportunities through Skin Sisters. How do you guys think your business is going to change once things are, I don't think things are ever going to be the way they once were. I think that things are going to slowly get there and but once things are kind of more the way they were before the pandemic, like, what do you think it's going to be like? Like, do you think you're going to go back to doing things on that local level? Do you like, how do you, how have you guys even talked about it? Like what it's comes out of this? hard yeah. to like, like what, what is the timeline on that? Right. You know, there's so many unknowns that I wouldn't say we've like planned for like no. post pandemic, but I think, I think we would both agree that like we, just continue on like connecting with people, whether I think people do like virtual consults. The woman I met with this morning Mm -hmm. lived less than a mile from me. She just like has kids and a job and, you know, it's convenient for her. Um, I think that our goal is to continue to connect with people both in person in the office and and online. I think we both really enjoy speaking engagements, but at the same time, we're really busy as is everyone 
and, and, but with young kids, sometimes those evenings and weekends are so valuable that I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see kind of like what you really have to weigh the option. Yeah. Right. And something you brought up, Lindsay, when we talked at first, excuse me, was how to harness the power of corporate culture and offer our services to corporations. Now it has been very fascinating to see how corporate culture has shifted. And on one hand, you know, you kind of have the collapse of corporate culture on the other hand you have an opportunity to virtually reach people across the globe you know through a screen but also I think that some of these bigger companies or you know medium small size as well are really rightfully so beefing up their kind of offerings for employees employees yeah right which is so important so you know maybe we explore that a little bit more, who knows? Have you guys thought about, um, or like the need to get employees, like to hire people? I think we're both like, I think probably so many females that you speak with run into this. It's like, what's the next step? Like, oh my gosh, do we even have time to make the next step? You know, it's, it's hard to say. I think that there's growth to be had, but at the same time, we're just enjoying doing this together and you know, doing the best that we can do with our time. I think that we're operating truly like right now at a good clip for us in that we're not quite ready to take on like an employee or to grow in that way, but we're really focused still on growing our community. Good. Good. I have two more questions for you and then I'm going to let you guys go because I know everyone is busy, but one of the things I want to circle back with on the brand situation, and I, I wanted to ask you, but I didn't want to interrupt you, was how do you guys deal with the, with brands that you wouldn't recommend or that you don't like? Or, you know, I'm sure you get approached by people that you're like, mm, can't really do, mm. like, how do you handle that? Especially want- like a PR person that like handles multiple brands, right? And you like, sometimes you feel like that relationship you don't want to tarnish the relationship by not including one brand, but including one brand, it, it, it gets sticky. Of course. We run into this all the time. In fact, Brooke just, we like have this system where if someone contacts us, it's like, this is how I feel. How do you feel? And she was like, no, right. And I'm like, no, we're not, you know, it, it's, we're very honest and and we're pretty um, on the same, we're pretty united as far as what we feel we want to stand behind I think there are different ways of, you know, I've had products that I've used and I haven't loved the product. I wouldn't, you know, it's not like offensive. It's just not the best or whatever, but it gives us an opportunity to present about an idea or an mm-hmm. ingredient or a packaging or whatever it is. You know, there's a lot of different positives that can come through putting that information out there that don't necessarily you know, recommend that specific product if we don't feel that way, but we're pretty, I mean, discerning. We do not promote products that we don't, we wouldn't use ourselves or we don't believe in because this is not like a bow that you're putting in your hair. This is your your skin. And we're we're really upfront when people contact us and, you know, we, I think it's started out as kind of an awkward thing to say, like, thanks for reaching out. Here's our fee schedule. Because our time is valuable right. and we should 
be compensated for the work as anyone should be for the work that they do. Um, you know, and we also are very upfront in saying, you know, here's that fee, fee schedule, which is purely for our time. We don't guarantee other coverage of a product, you know, if it's disingenuous, that it's just not something that we're we not going to be paid to say that we like something. Correct. Right. Correct. That's fantastic. And I'm just, I wanted you guys to say that I want people to know that because I think it's so important. It comes across inherently in your social media, but for people who are listening and maybe haven't looked at your social media yet, I want them to know that. Um, and, and then and there is something like, I don't know, even you just see so many things on Instagram. And if, you know, of your last 10 posts, like eight are paid partnerships. I don't know. Maybe that like, there's nothing wrong with earning money for a partnership. There's certainly nothing wrong, but that does like give you pause. Like how genuine is this feeling you're giving us? I don't know. A thousand percent. And I will say that I just unfollowed like so many of the people from the bachelor nation because like I was following them during the show during bachelor in paradise. And I know like that this sounds like crazy because this isn't you like, this is so not even like focused on you guys, but like, it's like every single story, every single post was something like sponsored. And I was like, what the, like, this like I don't need to be looking at this, and so the fact that you guys know this and understand that, um, I think, just speaks a lot and speaks volumes about what your intentions are. So thank you for saying that. Yes, yeah, really important to us. Good. Okay, last thing, and then I will let you go. I would love for you to kind of share with other experts and people who are listening three to five steps that they can take to, to kind of make something of their business like you have. And I, and I say that in the sense of like, I have a lot of nutritionists. I have, I have a lot of physical therapists, like a lot of people who come to me for help and who provide a service and they just don't know kind of how to take it and put it on Instagram and put it online and like how to build the community. So maybe just like three to five tips that you have found helpful. I think like Being patient. And I am sometimes not a patient person. And it's very difficult for me to not like do X to get Y, like to see a result right away. But building those communities always takes a long time or, or at least longer than you think it will or should. So having the confidence that what you're doing is right for you. And that's just self-awareness and self-actualization. And then having the patience to know that your hard work in building that will pay off. It might not look how you thought it would, you know, on day one, but it will. It might just take a little bit longer. I think also, I think we talked a lot about this over the last few minutes, but being genuine, I think is, has served us so well. Like this is our true selves. This is truly what we believe. And this is, you know, you know, come on and join us if you do too. Like we want to hear what you have to say also, I think has been really helpful for us in putting our information out there and getting positive feedback in return. Mm -hmm. And I think 
One of the biggest things that helped us early on was connecting with others. There were so many people, both locally and nat- you know nationally, that we were connected to, like you, who wanted to help and have really great advice and resources. And when you're talking about Instagram, sometimes it's even just numbers, mm-hmm. you know, other local influences and local local influencers who weren't necessarily in the same space as us, but kind of working in the same demographic and had people who were interested in our content mm-hmm. that we were able to work with not only through like collaboration, but also just getting advice on what worked for them. That's a really good point. Like if I were to sit down, like, let's say with a, a nutritionist, like you said, I'd say, okay, you know, focus on five people in the nutritionist world, two in your community and three, you know, either in a different state or a different city, and then reach out to someone in the, you know, home improvement world or the fashion world or whatever photography and really try and branch out there. Um, because I, I totally agree. I mean, partnering and working together with you and Bump Club was amazing for us. We had similar partnerships like with Evereve. Yeah. Um, you know, Justin Anderson, who's a hairstylist and a hair colorist, you know, things like that, that are kind of one off of the skincare world was really, really helpful for us. And, and also don't be afraid to go to the person who has a hundred thousand followers. If you have 10,000 or if, even if you have two, who cares? They're just a person just like you. Right. Everyone behind their Instagram is just a person like you. I, that is such good advice all around. And I, I love that you shared this because so many, you know, experts are like experts by their trade and this stuff scares them. And to see you guys really open up and blossom and take advantage of a situation that was handed to us, like I said, has been amazing. So I want to say kudos to you guys. You're amazing. You've done such wonderful things and I can't wait to see where this goes because I know it's going to go even beyond where it is now. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You guys are like, everyone loves you and they should, they should follow at the skin sisters. That was going to be my next thing to say. You guys want to follow Lauren and Brooke at the skin sisters. And then also um, visit their website at theskinsisters.com. It'll be linked in the show notes for everyone. Um, And again, thank you guys so much for joining me for taking the time. I so appreciate it. Thank Thank you, Lindsay. Great to see you. It was good to see you too. Do you see what I mean? Lauren and Brooke are like the sisters you never had, but always wanted, sharing such great information, not only about their expertise, but also about business. Don't forget to follow at the Skin Sisters on Instagram for the best information you need to understand what you really should be doing and what you definitely shouldn't try to keep your skin healthy and looking great. We'll also be sharing information on where you can see them virtually or in person in Edina, Minnesota. There were so many great takeaways from today's lesson, from today's episode, and so many amazing lessons. I'm going to share them right here, so take out a pen and paper and make sure to write them down. Number one, pivoting to accommodate an environmental or societal situation is okay and can honestly make your business in a huge way. Number two, showing your face on your social media when you have a service-based business offers a connection that is inherently unique to ultimately driving business and transactions. Number three, you have to be your authentic self on social media, but you also have to behave the same way in real life. 
Number four, it's not always about the monetary income, but the feel-good effect is equally as important. There's value in doing something that feels good. The honesty of being able to say that you love something is great because you know that other people will like it too. It doesn't always have to come from a huge marketing budget. Number five, elevating brands that are small women-owned companies and seeing them succeed is incredibly important. Number six, if you have a service that can enhance corporate culture, this could be a great opportunity as corporate culture has, has changed so much. Just another avenue for you to market your business. Number seven, don't take money to say that you like something when in fact you might not. Number eight, be patient. Sometimes it's hard not to see a result right away. Building communities takes longer than you think it will and should. Do what's right for you and know that your hard work and building something will pay off. Number nine, connect with others who are willing to help. Get advice and collaborate with them when it makes sense. And number 10, don't be afraid to go to the person with 100,000 followers. Everyone behind their Instagram is just a person just like you. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for joining Lauren, Brooke, and I on today's episode of Dear Founder. Make sure that you follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram. You could also go to lindsaypinchuk.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting a business and for managing the social media beast. Don't forget, join the Dear Founder Facebook community for more discussions to help propel your success. I go live there regularly and share lessons and answer your questions. Plus, that's where I put up all of the information about any of my upcoming classes and workshops. We have some amazing guests coming up. So please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us wherever you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Lauren and Brooke or who has started a business or who has an amazing idea for a business, text them this episode or post it in your Instagram. Tag me. I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. I'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to Dear Founder.